on spags we're back i had a really rough morning i went full tilt can we get things back on track here today on splash play i mean if there's any way to get things back on track it's drafting a super flex draft that's filling right before our eyes on underdog but we're going to talk about our findings running some drafts of our own then dive into one today and i guess we'll talk about deshaun watson even though pete and i have no joy in that one but we'll muster it up right after this intro <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I'm Chris Spaggs, joined by your very brand representative friend and mine, Pete Over is at Pete, how are you doing? Sun's out, guns out in that hot new Splash Play tank. Yeah, no, I, I'm glad you noticed that. I ordered a couple new tanks the other day. One of them was the Splash Play. I have the Splash Play hat. I have a Splash Play hoodie, but I don't have any Splash Play summer wear. And I will say, like, it of all the tanks and the logos, it's one of my favorite, like, logo tank combinations. So, uh, yeah, those are in the store. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a, it's a nice tank. Yeah, check the link in the description if you want to buy one of those and check it out. I think that is a very summer-appropriate logo. We always did design Splash Play in mind to be really a summer show, which has been ironic given that we are actually spamming content harder in the summer than pretty much anybody else in the industry. <laughs> I know it, it 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 it's crazy how things have flipped like I haven't decided what my programming is going to be like during the fall as far as DFS stuff where it's like and it's not saying that I don't want to do DFS content but it's just that like the summer feels more like the foundation uh and more like the meat of the content calendar to me now than even the fall which sounds crazy. Yeah, I mean you can start doing 2023 best ball drafts in the fall. <laughs> yeah. Based on how they're filling up right now, honestly, underdog might not be might not be a bad idea to run a few out there. I know, seriously. And also, I want to say, I, I had mentioned at the top of the show that I had a rough morning, and a lot of people who contributed to my rough morning here are back in the chat triggering me. David was the one who took four QBs after Josh Allen's start. We had FF Doom on Twitter who told me I'm a four, but I always get the 101. Um, so yeah, I, I thought I was going to move on from this morning stream, and now they're here haunting me. Yeah, I only saw the thumbnail. I don't know what got you tilted, but I'm excited to learn more, and I hope you guys can bring that energy to the chat once again. We appreciate all you guys for tuning in. Make sure you are subscribed, whether it be the Peach channel or the Splash Play channel. Of course, the Splash Play channel, the home of my exclusive Friday solo streams that, that Pete really just keep bringing the energy time and time again, only to get, honestly, embarrassed in these drafts. Like the Superflex drafts, doing that live on a stream, I could see how you'd get tilted doing that because Superflex is difficult, and when people know what you're trying to do on a stream, it is impossible. Yeah, I was going to ask you how the uh, the Friday streams went. Did I see some clip of you dancing instead of drafting? Is that when you really just threw in the towel? That was when I, I did a, a fake ad for a beer company because I enjoy the branding of it. Um, I did you know a little seductive dance because the people were demanding that I do a seductive dance instead of doing a draft. And then I did one draft anyway, just for the fun of it. But uh, yeah, it's, honestly, it's tough, man. I do think it's one of these things where we do it on this show and it's fun. It's Even if it's on my account, like for some reason, the flow of our show, it works. When you're solo, it feels really naked to have to talk about your strategy and just get scooped by people that are just you know doing moves sometimes that aren't even plus EV. They're just doing it because like you said it. And that's something that I think I have to still get used to pete i've not built that callus like you have yeah and it was the reason why i did uh uh i mentioned it on my stream earlier but i did a private uh stream for vip members on my channel and the ship chasing channel on over the weekend for that exact same purpose where it's like i love uh the dynamic of drafting with everyone in the chat and uh, all those elements and the piss boy rooms and all of that but sometimes uh it would be nice to do a draft without all those dynamics and get to really kind of think and talk through strategy so i did take the opportunity to do that on saturday night uh coincidentally loved my team when i wasn't battling you know value hounds and correlation bros in the chat so yeah i think there's a time and place for everything but here on splash play we uh we battle the chat so we will hop into Superflex a little bit here, and we will uh, talk about some Superflex findings that we had for ourselves this weekend. But uh, Pete, I feel like we got to talk about the Deshaun Watson update. Was uh, was really the lead story that you had in the Fantasy Life newsletter today? Is kind of the one that just really there's nothing else going on news wise right now, guys. Not even any interesting athletic reports to read some tea leaves on. So this is what it is. But Deshaun Watson, I think, report was that uh, the NFL is looking perhaps for an indefinite suspension that would be at least one season. There are also reports going around, Pete, that they were talking about maybe a, a workable suspension, whatever that meant, according to the players. Association plus Watson's legal team. At this point, it really, I think I've come fully on board. It feels like you probably shouldn't be drafting them at all if you are doing best ball. 
Yeah, I just like it's it's hard to see the the upside case uh, for it now. You're just basically having to get so many things right first. Um, you know, avoid a season long suspension. I mean, we I think it's safe to say he's going to get suspended. It's just how long. And I mean, even if you're looking at a 12 game suspension, trust me, I know I'm prioritizing you know late season stuff. But there ends up just being I think a pretty big uh, opportunity cost there. And um, I, I just I mean like. Are you telling me, like, even at this point, Deshaun Watson has more upside than, like, a Daniel Jones, you know, who's who's going, like, super late in drafts anyway? So, yeah, I have a hard time seeing it. I get it more for uh, other skill positions, but I think with quarterback especially, I just don't know how much above, you know, the average expectation um, or average scoring that he's going to be able to give you to make it to make it worth that click. It's weird. The futures odds don't seem like they've moved enough. Like I'm looking at some uh, AFC odds to win the uh, the AFC would be the way to do that. And um, it looks like they're still at plus 2,400, plus 2,500. So right in the middle of the pack. And I, again, I we tend to like the Vegas odds general just to give us a, a read on what the market's doing. Of course, where the money's moving is going to be the most powerful thing you can do for yourself when you are trying to put together a case for why you want to be with a team or, or be against them. And it just still feels like there isn't anything concrete enough. And I feel like that's like the most annoying part of this. Like you just want to see the suspension doled out. You want to see him apologize or whatever the case may be. But now the Texans are getting sued too. And it, it just feels like it's just not going to end. Yeah, I know. It does feel like it. I mean, Nick, Nick asked me the question, where would you draft? Would you draft Jacoby if Watson is gone all year? I mean, to me, Jacoby would still be, you know, a 17th or 18th round selection. He would still feel to me like clicking, you know, Mitch Trubisky. Um, you know, I think you would do it in scenarios where it's like, okay, you get Amari Cooper at an extreme value, and then you get one of David Bell or Najoku at an extreme value, and you need that QB three in the build. I don't know, but yeah, I can't, I just, we, Spags and I have talked about it with the Ritter versus Mariota stuff that like in general with these quarterbacks, I just, I don't want to be betting against momentum or it's like, it feels like you're trying to hold on to Jacoby holding on to the job for the full year versus who knows what other kind of machinations could happen as far as the team trading for someone around the deadline or whatever, where it's like, I just don't think with some of these incumbents like Trubisky, like Brissett in this situation, I feel like they're kind of holding on to that role as opposed to the place the team ultimately wants to get at the end of the season. And one thing they don't want to get to is Baker Mayfield, it seems as well, that they uh, apparently reports they don't want to reconcile with him no matter what the situation. So um, I didn't realize, Pete, the only other quarterback on the Browns organization besides Baker and Jacoby Reset is Josh Dobbs, the former Pittsburgh Steelers backup. <laughs> so uh, maybe you could take it. Superflex, Josh Dobbs, now eminently draftable. Yeah, there you go. I mean, at least, I mean, Josh Dobbs, he he, he runs a little bit, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. I think he's pretty nimble from the the five plays that I've seen that have had any relevance at all out there. But uh, Pete, any findings for you with the super flex drafts overall the weekend? And the one thing for me, and I think it's going to stabilize now that the ADPs seem to have stabilized in the super flex puppy with it being a 67% fill, I think is what I was seeing. So A, not worth jamming entries at this point if you're trying to max it out because that seems like a statistical improbability, Pete. But also, it does feel like the rooms have been very variable to me. And that was like the key theme I was trying to impart on Friday when talking about it some more. I know we kind of talked about it similarly on the third Thursday strategy show that we did talking about the super flex drafts overall, but like the rooms are insane where there was one that drafted like a normal best ball mania room with QBs going in the fifth and sixth round. I took Josh Allen with the one Oh one. And it was like, it was like being just like holding your dick <laughs> at the bathroom, just looking for a place to pee. And that was how vulnerable I felt Pete in that spot. But it feels like super flex. I don't know. Like I don't get why people are going crazy about it. That's the first thing I have to say. I mean, I, what I think my biggest takeaway after doing a handful of these, and I am in a couple of the slow drafts ongoing as well, is just, and we mentioned it last week, that that early draft slot is so huge um, just because you're, you know, the people at the back end of round one are still needing to select quarterbacks, but there is a huge tier gap, you know, between the like Kirk Cousins of the world and the Kyler Murrays. And so I've noticed I absolutely love my teams when I have, you know, a top five pick and I really haven't liked them as much otherwise. And, you know, this kind of happens. This is a dynamic that happens in regular um, leagues too. And Sean Siegel's talked about this a lot too, of why zero RB um, can not only be such a dominant strategy, but almost necessary because if you are chasing the kind of fake bell cows at the end of the round one and early round two, say like your Joe Mixon types, not only are you getting a watered down version of the player's who are going early, the Jonathan Taylors and Christian McCaffrey, but then you're pushing down elite wide receivers to those early drafters too. So it's like a compounding air where they're getting the elite running back production. You're getting watered down version and you're just gifting them that. And so I feel like the same thing is happening here a little bit where they're getting watered down versions of the quarterback. And because they're having to chase that quarterback project, uh, 
um, position, then they're pushing down better skill players to you. And like, I'll pull up like one of my slow drafts here that I'm in right now that I love how it broke for me. Like I started with, you know, Kyler Murray and ended up being able to kind of accomplish all my other goals. And, you know, I did get Derek Carr coming back as my second pick, but I get my anchor running back, DeAndre Swift, get your anchor tight end in pits, and then two, you know, high upside wide receivers, a stack in the case of Marquise Brown. Like the drafts just seem to come easy to me from those early slots. Yeah, I only had like one team I felt good about, which I, I was actually the last super flex draft that I did, I think uh, maybe yesterday or the day before. Um, I got Joe Burrow with a Chase Higgins stack, brought it back with Gabe Davis, got Josh Jacobs as my anchor running back. But then at QB, it just falls off of a cliff where I was going to try to get Mariota. He went crazy early, like 30 spots ahead of ADP. So I ended up having to take Ritter with Trevor Lawrence. And I feel like that's sort of the, like, I think it makes that any sort of structural drafting you're doing at Superflex probably very important, especially, you know, the stacking correlations that we beat the drum of a lot on here. But I feel like if you have any sort of structure to your team just because of how wild the people are drafting all over the place you're probably in a good spot just because i think people are just grasping at straws especially with like this filled so fast that i don't think people could really wrap their heads around it it is so funny too because you you notice a lot of sentiment sentiment in the chat and i've noticed it in the discord too where people are like they're so hungry for puppy drafts uh, but it doesn't seem like people love Superflex in general, but then you're seeing the fill rate for this contest. And it's like, wait, they, are people all just like, well, this is what we have. So we're just going to do it no matter what. And it doesn't matter what underdog puts out there. But I have noticed a discrepancy between general Superflex sentiment and how quickly this tournament is filling. Do you think part of it is that I know we've talked about this with best ball overall compared to DFS or, or sports betting or whatever, certainly season long redraft kind of leagues. Um, do you think it's just that people are like, I got to jam this in because nobody knows what they're doing for Superflex, and this is my best shot to, to win 50K in best balls because everybody's kind of grasping at straws? You know, my thing is I think everyone is such sick degenerates that have now, like, I've noticed this with my own patterns, right, where I've started to, you know, draft teams at night right before I go to bed. One, because you get some crazy drunk BBM3 <laughs> uh rooms at that time but also because it's now just like it's my little treat before i go to bed my little ice cream cone uh before i tuck into my bed and so what happens is then the puppy goes away and we all have these now habits we've built around drafting so they put a super flex puppy up for five bucks and it's like well we this is what i do with my time now so i do think there's like this reflexive thing you even see eagles here first calling us weak uh, for not maxing it and then saying, I hate Superflex to be honest, but he's still going to max it because we just, uh, you know, underdog has trained us there. You know, th there's a reason it's underdog because we now all have Pavlovian responses to these $5 tournaments to fill them. It honestly is impressive that what they've been able to do with us is roping us in to hold our money for six months. <laughs> it's really <laughs> underdog's biggest feat. The greatest trick that underdog ever pulled is, is the puppy itself. <laughs> It really is. Um, and yeah, no, I, I, I have a feeling we're going to get, um, plenty more puppies this summer. And I assume they will maybe next one, maybe we'll get, it would be fun to get a really big puppy. Um, and then, you know, have it stay open for, you know, like three weeks or something instead of, you know, one of these quick sprints. Yeah, the play action equivalent of the puppy for the that DraftKings format. Uh, look, we'll see what happens, but uh, Superflex, if you want to get a taste of it, probably good to get your entries in now because uh, the Eagle, Eagles of the world, James, of course, filling that one, but a lot of people filling that one. It's probably going to be 70% by the time today ends. Uh, but Pete, time for us to jump in. We can get at least one more puppy draft in, and and hopefully the room is kind to us because I don't want to spam quarterbacks for the first three rounds if we can, and I feel like um, that's probably going to be up to everybody out there who's joining this room right now. Yeah. Um, you know, when in doubt, I, I mean, David, who was in the chat earlier, was treating my BBM three draft room this morning like it was a super flex draft room. I don't know if he got confused. Let me just say, uh, uh, David did get into this draft. Watch out for this dude from the one five. David is my nemesis today. Uh, and thank God, Spags, you saw I got the one oh one again this morning. Thank God the one twelve. I mean, the people are starting to get the pitchforks out for me. It does feel like we'll get a little flexibility. And I've said to you, like, you know, when I was doing the stream on Friday as well, like I kind of like getting into the five, six hole because then you could at least get a read on how, how rational or irrational the room is going to treat quarterbacks to start. And I think that's something that's helpful to me. And um, did you know who David was before he became your arch nemesis, by the way? Is this no, like the I did. I didn't even see him in the chat. Then I noticed he has a Lulz avatar too. So I was hoping David was a rando and not a supporter of uh, one of my shows here. So I, I have to somewhat take it easy on him. But David. What the fuck happened with that draft this morning, my dude? Maybe he's modifying Brick software just to upset you. <laughs> he's using Brick Squirt Hunt software to antagonize Pete entirely. Seriously. Um, 
Yeah, the uh, the one twelve. Well, this is where I mean, Spags. I was just saying how I don't like these late slots for Superflex. So this is going to be an, a unique spot to navigate it. Maybe maybe we set up with a little zero QB build and just get really stubborn with it, and uh, you know, refuse to give in to the uh, the big Superflex industrial complex. I mean, look at these ADPs. Just the, what would be? So this is another thing I was trying to think of, Pete. Where you coined piss boys? At least as far as I know, as far where I sit, you coined piss boys. You came up with that. What would be a purple room? Like, what's like, what's that entail? What's the branding for it? Is that the eggplant? The eggplant emoji. <laughs> yeah, the eggplant emoji is pretty good. You're keeping it phallic base, so that's logical. And we could call them eggheads, right? Because you got a little double meaning there. The eggheads, the eggplant heads. <laughs> you know, purple's flying off the board so that's gonna be good i was i was thinking like a grimace from mcdonald's kind of thing but then that was that was a bit of a stretch i don't even know what grimace is i think he's supposed to be a milkshake technically grimace oh the mcdonald's guy yeah yeah like he's like he looks like a purple ambiguous blob, but he was initially i think designed as a milkshake well and this is where you know our color coding across sites because we always have you know our friend crack rock over uh with our high stakes drafts on ffpc he loves tight ends and he calls it the tight ends over there are purple so it was always like we got to crank purple but in here you know cranking purple uh would mean the uh the quarterbacks here um just i almost <laughs> blocked you i was so close to blocking you it's too good of an impression of a of a spam bot I know every time I'm like ready to go. They're like, all right, you threw QBs cheap in there. <laughs> okay. All right. So what do you want to do? I, we're, we're definitely taking Jamar Chase. Okay. That works for me. Who else um, do you want to take? I mean, I don't mind Russ. I feel like we can get the Denver stack decently. You, you want to do uh Russ and Chase? Yeah, that works. Would you do something differently? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, you could talk me into maybe taking two QBs just because we would then have a pretty good couple QBs. Um, but I think Chase, like, I still like Chase. Like, uh, the best teams I have everywhere, pretty much, I like Chase. So, um, yeah. Uh, easy. I just want to uh, explain or show two of your chats in back-to-back. Whatever you do, don't go Lance Carr. Let me keep that that unique. Two minutes later, advocating for Lance Carr and then saying boo when we didn't do it. So, did you want us to duplicate your start or did you want us to avoid it? make up your uh, mind what is this reply that i'm getting on pete on twitter from um from emo underscore cowboy i think you're tagged in this tweet as well it's like a, a weird 3d blend of our faces i did see him saying he was in the chat saying he was doing snapchat filters of our face <laughs> this is horrifying this is very trippy it looks like we're some sort of devil monster what what is going on here <laughs> I don't, I think, I mean, this feels like more your expertise. That feels like an NFT that would have sold for a million dollars about a year ago. <laughs> yes, seriously, put it on the blockchain and I will give you uh, all the ETH for this. This is, it's honestly disturbing. I like, I saw it. I like, I just saw my mentions go off and I, you know, I'm, I got to check my mentions the second I see it. Just it I, you never know when it's something bad. And it, it was in fact vaguely horrifying. I'm like, am I like, am I high right now? Am I, <laughs> what is happening here? <laughs> wow, man, trippy shit. Trippy, trippy shit. Oh, he's setting us more filters too with beards and my <laughs> Tyler's having a time. The emo cowboy, emo underscore cowboy. If you want to play along with somebody who's what blowing my this, mind live on the show. This is I thought the only person on Snapchat anymore was Jack Settlement. Uh <laughs> what is going on here? Let me see this other one. I mean, hey God, sorry, I haven't pulled it up yet. Here yeah. we go. What like what is I mean, you look great there. That's like that's you as Forrest Gump running across the country, I believe. Yeah, I, I do love how ambitious that is to one thing I could grow a beard, much less grow one that had, you know, a nice dark color to it and wouldn't just be, you know, peach fuzz. Uh, Spags, this actually looks like you heading to Fishtown in Philadelphia for some paps. Honestly, it looks like a character you would have me do on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this one's just lazy. That's just stupid. The sheriff. That's somebody's fantasy is for sure. Yeah. All right, also, Tyler, relax. Jewish sheriff in that one? Like, that's... Had like a Star of David kind of badge on. The, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> Either, thanks for that one, but yeah, Jack. I mean, Jack's evangelizing. I get a lot of Jack posts, Jack Sullivan posts on LinkedIn now, um, and he's really evangelizing a variety of things, and it's including the importance of Snapchat to the content community and and you know revenue communities overall. <laughs> yeah, Jack actually had a really good bit on. He went to the NFL draft, and you know he's he's fairly tall. He's like six two, and he he wore a suit, and he was trying to convince reporters that he was one of the players. And there was one lady from ESPN who like fell for it for about three seconds, and then got really upset. Uh, it was it was pretty good.
I mean, yeah, I'm sure that that's a slippery slope of getting in trouble, though. You know, if you get kicked out of one of those events, like a, like my former boss at Barstool, Dave, you sometimes get brought up in legal hearings with Roger Goodell years later. So uh, that's a bit that keeps on living, keeps on giving. Yeah, I mean, they they love to talk about. I mean, that's like one of their favorite talking points, right? It's like Barstool's not allowed to what the Super Bowl media parties or something, and you can wear that as a badge of honor. The bad boys of Super Bowl <laughs> media content. They won't even let us have fun at the Super Bowl. Who <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. we are? <laughs> they don't even want us at a party. <laughs> yeah. It is pretty um, funny to just imagine like Roger Goodell's goons just like chasing Portnoy around <laughs> like uh, some little. Oh, all right. We are about to be up here again. Oh, God. Are we going to have to take? I feel like we got to take one of Lawrence or Fields or somebody, unless you want to go anchor QB. <laughs> anchor QB? I mean, I was saying to uh to see if we could push this a bit i mean the gap here um let's see what the moose is on the loose you never know what this guy is going to do i mean i do really appreciate justin fields here uh and of course the second the words come out my mouth um yeah no shit zero x that's what i was just basically <laughs> describing <laughs> um i say we punt it i say we punt qb at this point or qb2 for a little bit okay um where would you go then i mean like, i'm you, dan you don't like cd and you don't like evans um i i would probably do cd and saquon here what do you think okay cd works let's do him first um no no elite tight end no interest in kyle pitts here um you love kyle pitts um i just i don't really like taking pitts ahead of of saquon and okay. i do I think this format is more running back heavy than the traditional 18 round, just with the way the scoring positions are set up. Um, and the fact that you're starting, you know, in BBM three, right. We can get up to four wide receivers in our lineup any week and only three running backs. And here the, the field has been leveled um, as far as same amount of running backs and wide receivers in our flex. So. Are you seeing, first of all, Bullock, I think, needs a, a bonking, but did y'all see those naked Saquon picks? He is a snap. <laughs> what naked Saquon? What? what, what you didn't see these? <laughs> you did you didn't, uh, I, I, I didn't get the clickbait on you in the newsletter today. Oh, no, I didn't see that one. I just read the, the, the Sean Watson part. There we go. This is oh, our pick. Okay. This is our selection right here. All right, bonk. Bonk, bonk, bonk. You bonk. know, is there a point though where he's almost in too good of a shape? Like, you know. <laughs> well, that was like, uh, did you see the photos of uh, Shannon Sharp? Uh, no. Um, where did our background go? Jesus. Um, let me let me pull up the this Shannon Sharp photo. Uh, talk about a dude in the best shape of his life. Um, he, here we go. So that's what Joe Skip Bayless, right? I feel like they must just be you know hammering the gym hard together. Just to <laughs> look at this. Look at this. Shannon Sharp, 54 years wow. old. I mean, you want to talk about. He looks as good as when he played, like even like in the like youthfully, like he looks great. Uh, yeah. Um, Gold says he's been gone for a few months, but this is the content I came back for. Yes. Us objectifying NFL athletes. There was a bit in my my high school fantasy league, which no longer exists, I don't think, for this reason. Uh, but I would search for various players in the news, like shirtless, just because it became a bit. So it'd be like Michael Turner, shirtless. This a is a bit, yeah, I'm sure. This <laughs> see a classic erotic bit that yeah. you could do. But I thought it was a funny bit, and it's funny. Like I do think it would be much easier to do that now, where it's like it was very hard to find uh, to find a photo of Michael Turner shirtless <laughs> in this era. You know. Our our grandparents talked about what it was like fighting in the war, and yet here Spags is talking about how hard it was to find a shirtless photo of Michael Turner. If you're wondering what's happened to our generation, uh, do you remember when you had like a 56k modem and then you would load like pixel by pixel? That was an experience. Oh, Bullock yeah. has no clue. No, Bullock. Uh, Bullock grew up with a smartphone in his hand. He came out of he came out of the womb playing Candy Crush. <laughs> that's why he's so smart um let's see here josh says a little late just got finished getting yelled at by pete in the breakfast stream what did i yell at you for josh i forget it's hard to remember i yelled at a lot of people uh, we like josh around here i won't tolerate that that david character you can yell at him all you want he's done nothing to engender goodwill for me 
Yeah, then he tried to clarify. He said his old username was Dangerous Dong. I'm sorry that didn't <laughs> ring a bell for me, David. <laughs> that's, actually, that's actually what Spags had labeled for his uh, desktop folder of shirtless NFL players, Dangerous <laughs> Dogs. The, most, the forbidden dong is the most dangerous dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I mean... <laughs> Oh, uh, my bad. It was gorgeous dong, not dangerous yeah. dog, whatever. Gorgeous dog. Yeah, because that's, yeah. So that was actually that joke came up on Friday on my solo stream because, like, people in the NBA DFS community used to love when uh, Georgie Dang or Georgie Dang would play in a game because then they'd be like, oh, it's gorgeous dong night because his name kind of sounds like gorgeous dong. It's probably really insensitive culturally. Gorgeous dong says he made a Chrome extension for me. I, I almost feel violated saying that. Gorgeous dong made a Chrome extension for me. What was the Chrome <laughs> extension you make? I really apologize. Um, clearly, it was a very forgettable Chrome extension. It would just put gorgeous dongs on a. <laughs> pictures of things we're on the clock shit oh zach wilson you gotta say Cortland sutton right uh yeah good call on the stack um do you want to do i would say i mean i, I i'm i'm fine with zach wilson or mac jones if you or we can continue to punt it what do you think um i think let's so like it'll be easier to get new england guys late just because we'll have a lot of flexibility there um, and yeah. we can also get one of the Miami running backs to bring it back with. Yeah, you want to go Mac? Yeah, I think let's go Mac. All right. All right. There we go. So the team so far, Russell Wilson, and you know, we did a we did an anchor QB build. Russell Wilson, then Jamar Chase, CeeDee Lamb, Saquon Sutton, got that stack, and then grabbed Mac Jones there. I'm 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 cool with this. Yeah, I, think, I mean, look, I think Zach Wilson we could have taken. It would just be harder, I think, to get Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson and and then you know Seattle, like, like we, I have enough Jets Seattle, I think overall. Where I'm, I'm okay taking, I'm okay taking Mac Jones here. Yeah. <sighs> and now, Thank now you, back Bill. to dangerous dogs. Boot, boot, boots on the ground. Mac has been impressing with his leadership. Good pick there. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, Mac. I think if, if out of all the quarterbacks that we could take in the draft, Mac seems like he has the least dangerous dong out of all of them. Like that dong is, <laughs> that's a safe dong. That's the kind of dong you could have at a Fisher Price set. So, David, let me ask you a question. He says he he made a Chrome extension that downloaded a CSV of the DK Lobby contest info so you could sort your lineups based on number of entrants. This sounds incredibly helpful. I do vaguely remember this now. It sounds like something only a smart, big-brained person could do. So it begs the question, why the fuck did you draft four <laughs> quarterbacks this morning? Getting unique. <laughs> yeah. What if those four are the guys you need week 17? That's true. I mean, you know, maybe there's some road of his roster construction explorer that's like four QBs in this particular round. That's when it really pays off. Well, and I think it will now can have its own strategy name, right? We have zero RB, we have um, elite tight end, and then we, of course, have the gorgeous dong strategy, which is for late quarterbacks. Uh, I'm sorry, saying, Paul. I'm fired up today. GA saying you dared to draft him. If you antagonized him on the stream and then he did it, I feel like then that's on you. I did. So... I did dare to draft him because he had drafted Josh Allen and Matthew Stafford. And then uh, Tua was falling and I had Tyree kill. And so I was like, there's no fucking chance this guy takes Tua." So I did dare him. Now that could excuse the third quarterback pick, but I did not dare him. I did not say anything. I was actually hoping Daniel Jones fell to me. He took Jameis Winston as his fourth quarterback. The vividity, the vividity, um, the clarity with which I can picture this in my head. It's just, uh, it's emblazoned across my mind because I was so tilted, but you cannot excuse the Jameis Winston pick. I did not say anything. He did that on his own volition. Maybe he just wants to support a guy that, you know, we all know is finally coming full circle. He's finally been reverse milkshake ducked back into our <laughs> hearts. Jameis Winston. That's right. Um, <sighs> I just need to chill out. You know, I'm so blessed. I'm too blessed to be stressed. I get paid to draft super flex teams. On camera, just just relax, Pete. Just relax. <laughs> Sometimes you get paid. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I'm not, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> Worth it for just the joke for just me and Pete. <laughs> I thought about it. I thought about censoring my joke, and I was like, nah, Spags will probably let this go. 
Nope. No. Yeah, you know, somebody Tommy in the, the chat earlier said I was looking good today, which I think is hilarious because I feel like I've been under a social experiment of waking up every hour overnight dealing with the babies. <laughs> I feel like I'm being tested every day, but you got to take the confidence where you can get them. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'd like to think of this show like a like a e moisturizer spags. The second you hop in here, you just start to look more full of color and full of life. Get that glow going. Yeah. Mm. Um. Bullock, uh, Bullock wants uh, a best ball rage monster. I will, I will happily oblige if you guys keep acting like fucking dickheads all the time. <laughs> um, I would take Dalton Schultz here, but it makes no sense given that we don't. No, have it any does. Talent. Okay, it makes sense. We don't have Dak. I take taking two guys without the QB. I don't. There's nothing wrong with it. Okay, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. Who do you want to take as our other guy? Um. Hmm. I'm thinking, oh, I, well, Mooney would have been nice with Hawkinson now that I'm thinking about it, but I honestly don't have a preference here. You could take any of the guys on the screen and I'd be okay with it. Um, Yeah, let's. I'm still fine with Mooney. Okay. And... Yeah, I think you could have made a case for me, and I know you wouldn't do this, but like to just take Hawkinson too so we get a really good tight end melt because we can get an elite tight end. Why the fuck is Mr. Red Badge Bro here taking Juju Smith-Schuster over Darnell Mooney after drafting Justin Fields at pick 35? He had two Chicago Bear value hound opportunities, and he just took his red badge and shoved it up his own ass. <laughs> that's, uh, you know, experience doesn't always mean skill, Pete. <laughs> I think that's something to keep in mind. Clearly. I do like the idea of you being a radicalized, like toxic member of the best ball community because we've talked so many times about how welcoming and kind it is. You just flame everybody so they don't want to play anymore. I'm just going to embrace it. You know, so many people got triggered by the week 17 stuff. Uh, Osimo had an article out um, where he was making a case for week 16 being similarly important. And I'm excited to talk to him about that uh, tomorrow on Lulz. But like the people who were so triggered by week 17 were like, yes, week 16 matters too. You were wrong. Like they were so over the moon. It's like, does this really change anything for you? Because now we're just going to be talking about week 16 and week 17 matchups. Does that really change the conversation for you? Does so Osmo his byline on stochastic? I just feel like that's like a weird paradoxical loop that's being opened up if he's writing on there. What is it? What does it say? Well, I assume he's just Alex Osmo oh. Baker, but now in stochastic. I mean, yeah. I heard he was he's making everyone at Osmo call him Mr. Stoke now. <laughs> <laughs> Big Stoke. Stoke to that's you. What he <laughs> That would actually would be a funny approach. She's like, no, I'm doing a full rebrand. I demand to be mad to be called Big Stoke. Spags, <laughs> what's the what's the stream theory here? You call someone out and they come out of the woodwork. Have you ever seen Robert Meadows in the chat before? I have not. I'm telling you, it's it's a law. If we are in a draft, every single one of these people right now are watching. Let me try this. TNT 1966, reveal yourself in the <laughs> chat now. See, but they won't do it when we ask. It has to be like they've been wronged in some way or they did something that upset us, and then that's when they come out. But I like his name. Like, he's going by Moose. What? Where are the Meadows? Where do Mooses go? Pete Meadows. <laughs> so it all makes sense. You think that's You think that's why he named himself yes. the Moose? He's like, oh, where, where does a Moose live in a meadow? Done. Do you think he was, like, debating between dandelions or the Moose when he was uh, picking his name? He was either like a Rocky and Bullwinkle reference that he couldn't quite get to. <laughs> Look at you. He thought he could gamble. And I, I just, I mean, what, what gamble are you making there, Moose? <laughs> I'm so Not that, like, I really wanted Juju that bad. I just, I mean. <sighs> AJ, I hear you. I see you. I see you speaking your truth. Multiple comments about Iowa not having best ball. I will come there. Today would not be a good day to drop me on the on the steps of the Iowa Congress and have me <laughs> storming the Capitol. Let AJ play best ball. I'm the best ball monster. The, the states have gone too far. They have autonomy over our best ball injuries. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, Tyler, relax. Snapchat, you, you've had too many snap filters today to say the moose is what he calls his dangerous dog. I mean, this stream is just so off the road. <laughs>
think the only thing that could get us back on track is shirtless Michael Turner now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how hard could it be to find a shirtless Michael Turner photo? I mean, he probably he probably doesn't like showing you know, off that body these days. <laughs> I don't think he was going to age gracefully. After these, you know what? I saw um I saw uh, Top Gun, the new one, yesterday in the theater, and I was uh I was noticing, you know, they do their version of the shirtless volleyball scene this time. It's uh, playing football on the beach but i noticed that tom had them shoot it in a way where you didn't have like too many lingering full body shirtless shots of him like he had a couple that were just chest up and the other ones were really quick cutaways and i was like i know cruz was like you're not showing me a long lingering shot on uh on my torso but he's like just get the pecs in there i have been working on those well that's like taylor lautner at one point when he was becoming a big thing from his twilight days like he did his workout and he's like i do the hollywood workout where it's just like the lats and like the shoulders and like that's it that's like i respect that out of all the things to respect taylor lautner for that's top five um all right we are gonna about to be on the clock here after the moose tries to play fast and loose with who's gonna come back to him here do you know what i noticed uh Today, with uh, when I was doing BBM three, I have I have zero percent Clyde Edwards Hilaire in BBM three specifically. I ended up taking him a, a few times in puppies, evidently, but zero percent in BBM three. Who do you want to take here? I mean, it makes sense to take him if you don't have any, and we have the Denver stack. Yeah, that was my only thought there. And then, what do you? How are you feeling about QB three? Would you want to take Pickett or kind of kick it down and uh, really try to get Galbrain with our third QB? I think let's take Pickett just so we can get somebody. Unless unless you want to take Deshaun Watson, <laughs> I do not. I do not want to. I, I give me baby hands, Kenny Pickett. Yeah, because we can get we can get a Freer Muth probably. You could still get Claypool at some point. I feel like. Like I, I like getting the trying to get the QBs that you know you can get parts of that stack later on, just because it is a lot of chaos in between. Caro saying I have zero percent David Montgomery. That one though makes complete sense to me. I'm not bewildered by that. I was more I, I thought Ceh would have fallen in a range kind of as one of my first zero RB picks. You know when I'm normally taking you know a Miles Sanders uh, and Eli Mitchell. I, I would have thought I would have had some David Montgomery. It's like I have no problem. Fading David Montgomery where he goes, um, it's generally in like the Bateman range, the last of the really intriguing wide receivers. It's also where that entire tier of elite quarterbacks is. It's also where you can grab, you know, Schultz if you missed out on elite tight end. It's just like, it's really hard for me to click Montgomery at his spot. Uh, let's see. Kevin saying Pickett FUD is real. I mean... I don't know, Pete. Like, I feel like Pickett's just relative to a super flex draft. Like, yeah, probably not taking him in the 10th round of a BBM. But at this point, like, yeah, I think he's a logical pick. And especially for drafting for weeks 15 through 17, like you've talked about. Right. I think we, everyone gets caught up in it. I mean, it was the same thing. Remember the Justin Herbert, you know, yeah, Gerard right. Taylor was going to start. Um, the team wants Getty Pickett to be their quarterback. Um, I think we'll see him by the end of the year. And it's almost like a free roll for us, right? Like if he plays out of the gate, well, great. Um, but as our QB three here, we're just looking for him to baby hands. Can he pick it? Supercharge our team down the stretch. Yeah. And he's in a great situation for himself that I think, you know, uh, Mitch Trubisky, we kind of know what that ceiling is probably what it was when he was the bears QB and had his best year, which is just like a middle of the pack guy. No, according to football outsiders, DVOA, that was, I think he was 17th in DVOA is only good bears year or good bears year. So like taking a stab at Pickett and hoping that, you know, you, that we just don't get killed by Russell Wilson and Mac Jones early on seems like a decent bet. Yeah. And I would say, I feel like Russ and, and Mac Jones specifically as our QB two is I think a pretty high floor selection mm -hmm. as well. You know, I feel like we, we kind of know what we're going to get from Mac Jones. Um, so yeah, I don't mind the picket. The, the only other um, argument would have been to wait and then select Ritter. Um, Cause I do think if you priced, you know, the amount of games Ritter plays and the amount of games Pickett plays, I don't think it would be that far off from kind of their true odds. Although, you know, the the evaluators think Ritter sucks, um, whereas most people think Pickett can be solid. So I guess that's the only consideration there. Yeah, Pickett's an accuracy QB who should be in a spot where they're not going to make him take any crazy throws. As we saw uh, Ben refuse to take anything resembling a crazy throw last year, um, I guess besides his normal turnovers. So I think in this spot for Pickett, like, I want to take the bet on Pickett, I think, more than I would most rookies. Like, I like Malik Willis a lot, but I just don't see how Malik Willis plays this year. Like, I think he's a real flimsy uh, guy to take even in Superflex. Yeah, I still don't mind him as a QB3 or QB4. I do agree that the most 
unlikely scenario or the most likely scenario is he doesn't play. But again, I, they, they drafted Malik to be their quarterback of the future. If the Titans have a rough year and they're not competitive, I think it's very likely that they could, you know, want to see what they have in him and give him a few games down the stretch. And then also you have, of course, kind of the injury out as well. If Tannehill were to get injured. So I think it's a definitely a thinner bet than Pickett and Ritter who I think we'll kind of see starts under most scenarios, but I mean, Malik Willis is kind of one of those fun, you know, QB three kind of bets you, you, you make just knowing one, he's probably going to be a unique selection in most drafts. And you feel pretty confident about the upside if he were to get start. So probably an ace from a uh, pretty good asymmetric bet. Uh, Claypool goes, I'm surprised Claypool went already. Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah. Has, has, has Garrett Wilson, I guess him, I guess Wilson and Claypool have been going pretty close together in BBM three too. Yeah, I think Wilson a little bit ahead. The Claypool had that period though, where I feel like when when Silva first talked about Claypool, like there was a week that Claypool was going in the high eighties, and then I think people forgot, and then they moved him back to where he was supposed to be. Yeah, we also could grab um, we could grab Fryermuth here too, and probably be done at tight end and get that uh, stack as well as an option for us. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that, and then hopefully we can get Pickens at some point. And then, I mean, I'm I'll. I'll I was going to take Wilson there. So let's, let's do Fryermuth for sure. I mean, we could stack up uh, Tim Patrick here, or we could like try to wait on a, on a Hamler. Um, mm, I don't the, mind just taking uh Patrick here just cause I don't, there's nothing else around here. I guess Tyler Boyd, but we don't have any bets on Buffalo. I'm going to, I'm going to slide Patrick up here first, just to talk through another scenario too, where um, obviously if we take Fryermuth, we're done at tight end. Like if we did want to sit on Albert O as well, we could, you know, grab Tyler Boyd and then know we have a couple other tight end options, or we could just take Fryermuth knowing like you're kind of looking at a two V two of like Fryermuth and Pickens versus like Boyd and a Boonham kind of thing. I would go Fryermuth just because, like, I don't see how we're like. I don't know what we're gonna get from Buffalo. We could, I guess, get one of the running backs. Maybe they, they might be gone too. Um, like, who would we get from Buffalo at this point? It'd be like McKenzie or uh, maybe Crowder. Is Crowder gone? Yeah, no. Cro- yeah, Crowder or McKenzie. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I, I like mean, the way that we went that. Yeah. So our team here: uh, Russell Wilson, Mac Jones, Kenny Pickett, two running backs, Saquon and Ceh, uh, doing pretty well at wide receiver: Jamar Chase, Ceedee Lamb, Sutton, Mooney, and Patrick, and then good at tight end as well: Schultz and Fryermuth. So we've, I mean, we're pretty much running backs and wide receivers the west the rest of the way, unless we do end up falling in love with a, a good QB four price. Yeah, I, I can't imagine wanting to take another QB. I feel like we got. Like we got a QB in each kind of range. Like we got our dice throw guy who I think is less, you know, less of a dice throw than uh, some people might think pick it is. We got Mac Jones for the floor. Like you talked about, I guess the floor other than when he throws five passes in a game, that's <laughs> the floor is tough there, but Russell Wilson, like Russell Wilson will be playing for us every week. I, you got to imagine. I would. Yeah, I would hope so. In uh in this <laughs> scenario. Yeah. But, you know, in that division, I think with Russ, you know, hopefully new offensive coordinator or new coach rather, who has you know gotten the best out of Aaron Rodgers. Like, I feel like there's a lot. Um, that I feel good about with Russell Wilson being our, our anchor QB. Lunchable saying, do you really think Claypool is going to do anything this year with a rookie QB and okay, O-line? I can't trust it even with the value. I still haven't been able to click his name. I mean, I have a hard time seeing how it could, how Kenny Pickett could be any bit worse or even Trubisky than what Roethlisberger was bringing to the table last year. And I mean, all we're asking for is some shots down the field and Roethlisberger just did not have that in his repertoire at the end of last year, um, just did not have the arm strength. And it's why we saw, you know, Deontay Johnson getting 15 targets a game and Najee Harris getting a million checkdowns a game. So I still am a big believer in Claypool's talent and his explosive play ability. And I think at worst, it's a slight upgrade on his situation last year. And at best, you know, Kenny Pickett solid and, you know, completely unlocks Chase Claypool. Yeah, and I think, you know, we talked a little bit about some of the, uh, I'm not forgetting the receiver, oh, Jordan Addison, the Pitt receiver who I watched a lot of tape of just because he's going to USC, uh, transferring from Pitt. And like Pickett was thrown in the ball where he needed it to be. And that's, you know, obviously it's going to be NFL. It's going to be different defenses and all that. But I really gained a lot of faith in Kenny Pickett from that process. And I think with Claypool, like you look at Claypool's numbers, he really wasn't that bad last year. He just kind of ran bad with touchdowns. 
And that's including with what Pete's talking about, where Roethlisberger was clearly afraid to throw the deep ball. They weren't doing any uh, really the same creative things even they were doing for Claypool's rookie year to get him the ball and get him some touchdowns. So there's a lot of room, I think, for him to grow. And I don't mind betting on just an offense with a lot of good weapons. Like Pickett's not Joe Burrow, but there's some Cincinnati parallels, I feel like, with the Steelers receivers. Yeah. No, I do. And again, it's, you know, this you think too, I adjust about how much like macro narratives can kind of sway people's sentiment. Like this is a quote unquote, bad quarterback class. And you think about last year was a quote unquote, good quarterback class. And people kind of pushed all those players up together. You know, we saw Zach Wilson getting drafted, even Mac Jones getting drafted. Um, obviously Lance got extremely pushed up. Lawrence got pushed up because I don't know. I think there's something where it's like, oh, this is a good rookie class. I want shots at these. And now I would argue that the pendulum swung too far in the other direction where it's like, this is a bad quarterback class. We don't want anything to do with anyone from this quarterback class. I think we can still pick our spots and Kenny Pickett, you know, I don't, I don't know why Kenny Pickett couldn't deliver us a, a Mac Jones season and maybe even a little bit more than a Mac Jones rookie year type season. Cause they're just naturally going to be a little more pass heavy than the Patriots were. So I don't know. I don't think there's much risk at his current prices. Yeah, Pickett was more of a deep ball thrower than Mac Jones was in college, where that was something that jumped out to me with some of the college numbers with Jones were like very low A dot, like was not really putting the ball into coverage, had a lot of yards after the catch. That to me uh, says a picture of a guy who's kind of throwing the ball into space rather than throwing the ball downfield. Pickett forced the ball downfield. Like he definitely has some attributes that you look for for positive fantasy upside. So um, yeah, like I, I think the starting job is really the one question mark with Pickett, but I don't know how Trubisky like they're either playing for something and Trubisky's holding on to mediocrity or, you know, they're not good enough. And it's more likely they're not good enough. To just give Pickett some action. Yeah. Um, all right, let's check out our spot here. I definitely think this looks like a good range to get uh, a running back. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think Galladay would make sense for us. If we just want to continue betting on the giants, um, we could also stack up Mac Jones with a Devonte Parker. Um, what stands out to you? I like Devonte Parker more than the public and we are taking two picks here. So I wouldn't mind putting him in for one of them. Um, and then we can take whatever else falls there uh, for the second part of that Mac Jones stack. Um, I feel like a running back would look good to me here besides that. Um, Darrell Henderson, Carter, maybe a little more of a, a floor play. Yeah, I don't know if we necessarily have to think about floor in this with with Saquon and CH. I, I think I do prefer Henderson to Carter. Okay, that's fair. So we get, let's do let's do Henderson and Parker, and now we do at least have we have a double stack with Russ, we have a single stack with Mac, and a single stack with uh with Pickett so far. Yeah, I like that. The Pickens already got drafted. Or is he going lower in this? Um, I doubt he got drafted yet. Nah. Yeah, he'll be down here. Yeah, Pickens is down uh, here. Huh. Yeah, Pickens and Alec Pierce. I mean, I guess they're in line with everybody else, but it feels like they're much lower in Superflex than Best Ball Mania because people like scoop them so heavy on Best Ball Mania where like Pierce will go 20 spots out of ADP sometimes. Yeah, and I there was a report out there that uh, I think Levitan tweeted it out today. Paris Campbell has been playing in the two wide receiver sets with Pittman. Um, which, I mean, makes sense to me. I mean, Paris Campbell has been good. He's just been injured. And um, not that, you know, that's a death knell for Alec Pierce. Um, you know, if he's not in two wide receiver sets, I assume they'll be running a bunch of wide receiver three or three wide receiver sets when they're passing. But uh, I think Paris, there probably shouldn't be as big of a gap between Pierce and Paris Campbell's ADP right now. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I like I like Pierce. Like I think still at some point he's got to get some more burn, just given the draft capital and given the fact that he is like a, a legit burner and they they need that now that T.Y. Hilton's completely washed. But I think that Paris Campbell, um, you know, just one of those bets that people don't like making. Like the guy who's been in the roster the last few years, but like he's been hurt enough that I feel like he could basically be like a new man if he actually is coming out and looking better than than Pierce by a wide margin. Yeah, and. Yeah, and it's just, I think in general, it's safe to assume that most of these rookies are going to be, get off to slower start, starts as well. Yeah. It's it's very rare that, you know, we see these guys, you know, absolutely crush right out of the gate, even when they have high draft capital attached to them. So, yeah, it's it's less of uh, I'm out on Alec Pearson, more I just think uh, Paris Campbell is one of the more intriguing late round, late round wide receivers. It's generally like him and Hamler as evidenced by my 27% Hamler exposure in BBM three, where it's just like, man, I think these guys are mispriced. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with that on Hamler. Hamler, I, I've said it a couple times, but he doesn't even get drafted on DraftKings sometimes, I noticed. From really? The 10 or so I've done. Yeah, like he's going 215 sometimes, and I've seen him, yeah, be available in the 20th. Oh, God. I, I think if I was playing on DraftKings, I'd end up with like 40% then. Yeah, it's tough. Like DraftKings, I try to jump in sometimes, and it's always like, oh, you're five out of 12. And like, I, like, I don't have an hour to wait for a table to fill. <laughs> so that's that's what's been killing me like DraftKings entries, because I don't think I'm going to fill it at this rate, because I still got to jam That's how long it takes to fill one? Yeah, it just like sometimes it'll take like, you know, like 20 minutes for that room to fill because people just aren't doing it yet on drafting, yeah. at least from what I'm saying. Yeah. The uh, you need it's like everyone in the uh, well, in the deposit kingdom, we do have if you go into the lobby, there's a roles uh, channel. And if you react to the best baller role, then you can tag other people when you're trying to fill a draft. Um, so, and I know people have been using that for, for different sites. So if you are in there in the deposit kingdom discord, you get that role attached, then you can get notified when other people are trying to fill a draft. And I, the, the funniest is when the cardio club guys are trying to fill a draft because they're like, <laughs> I've been doing cardio for 15 minutes and, uh, I still haven't been able to get into a draft. Will someone please hop in this? People are saying, when am I drafting? I'm just drafting whenever I have downtime. So there's no rhyme or reason to it. But yeah, like for me, the fill time for underdog has been a lot faster. People are saying I might be wrong. Look, I. I'm just telling you, I hop on and I'm like waiting and I'm like, I don't want to wait forever because the UI is also bad on DraftKings. And I don't get notifications. So I might be more looking with a uh, skeptical eye towards DraftKings because of the overall experience being so much worse. Just let Spag speak his truth, guys. Yeah, look, my, I only know what I experienced. My limited sample size says that it's taken fucking forever to fill. <laughs> and I get mad <laughs> and I just slam my phone down like a caveman and go back to searching for Michael Turner shirtless. <laughs> Let's see. Should I? Do, <laughs> all right, Michael Turner shirtless yes like michael turner 2022 i feel like he must have gotten big fat because he was always teetering on being a bigger boy at running back um wow yeah no this is gonna be um apparently there's some a lot of male models that don't look like the michael turner we're looking for showing up i now understand why this was so hard for you see i'm telling you people you think it's easy to get any any running back shirtless you want on demand and that's just not what the internet gives you uh, real quick before we pick, I just want to laugh. Uh, this Instagram profile, the the uh, the username is the official Michael Turner, and th- doesn't this definitely look like the Instagram page for the official Michael Turner? So one jail headshot and a bunch of <laughs> yeah. I, I I gotta put my jail headshot. Uh, got 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 locked up. Yeah, that's what an esoteric yeah. thing to do. Like, if you're impersonating Michael Turner with that, per, like that approach, it's not even like fun fan fiction at that point. Uh, we are on the clock here, yeah. 15 seconds. It's not on the camera, so I can't see it. Oh, my bad. Um, just, just follow your heart. <laughs> you want to grab uh, Josh Palmer with a little correlation there with yeah. Henderson? That works. And then, um, would be nice. Are, are you are you in on Darrell Williams? I'm still I, I still think I'm an Eno guy, but I don't hate him. I like Darrell Williams. Yeah, I think he's the one now that would benefit if we did see James Conner get hurt. All right, we can do Darrell because I do think we could uh, we could use a running back there. Okay, I like that. I wish we'd gotten one Atlanta guy, but I, I love that yeah. Atlanta Arizona Week 17. The uh, oh yeah, the chat uh, pointing out that the Moose took uh, George Pickens. I mean, this, oh. this Meadows guy, he's he can't. Well, now that I figured out the origin of his username, he's got nothing else to he's got nothing <laughs> else to hide. But going back to this Michael Turner guy, I mean, who <laughs> thinks like he's he's searching around and he's like, what's my next great opportunity? He's just like, think about all of the follows that are going to roll in for a Michael Turner Instagram account. I can squat on this and then hold him over a barrel someday. Do you know what probably ki- killed the wind in his sails for this account was he goes, I need to find a shirtless pick of this dude to put up here. <laughs> he couldn't find one. Now he hasn't posted uh, for 495 weeks. I think he just threw in the towel like you did. Do you ever think about these random running backs and just go like, I wonder what they're doing right now? Like, usually it's coaching, but sometimes it's like, oh, they're like in jail. Oh, geez, Fags, that took a dark turn. <laughs> and seeing the headshot or the mugshot reminded me that that is the unfortunate reality of guys who are banging their heads against the wall over and over again for 10 years of their lives. I'm very, I mean, the, the first comment, this is the fact that he wrote the official Michael Turner first post got locked up. Here's my headshot. And then the first comment is by an Instagram thought, uh, T H O T. She goes, damn, why hashtag or 100 prayer emoji and flame emoji. <laughs> why? 
What a tragic situation back in 2010. <laughs> your fake profile is posting uh, about now. He got arrested for something weird, though, I feel like. Like, he, like he broke into somebody's house. I don't know. I don't want to misspeak. Don't sue me, Michael Turner. I've been a big fan <laughs> for a long time. Clearly. Clearly. Uh, Turner arrest. Because that was like when he signed his big contract at some point. Mm. I got to say, there's a lack of Michael Turner resources out there. <laughs> Like, I can see why they made this Instagram page, because finally somebody needs to be the definitive truth about Michael Turner. Yeah, there you guys go. If you're looking for opportunities out there, maybe MichaelTurner.eth, if you're looking to squat on a domain name. Michael Turner's uh, NFL All Day packs <laughs> flying <laughs> off the shelves. <laughs> I, I've also never gotten more targeted for anything than the UFC strike packs like i get really? emails about those every day and i've unsubscribed i think five times and they just keep hitting me keep hitting me over and over again it's uh i don't know i'm trying to i actually i think i get a lot of those emails too all of those are such like white noise to me now where it's like they could have like a really sick drop they could be like we are sending you we are we are gonna dm you five thousand dollars cash all you have to do is click this and it could be legit and i would just x out because <laughs> they've just like i get too many of these promo emails uh, it's always sad when it is legit. Those free five thousand yeah. dollars people are handing you out. Know, every once in a while, you get one of those. Also, why is Will say breaking into a house is weird? Yeah, I think that's. <laughs> I think when he's, you're a billionaire running back, yeah, I think it's a weird move. He's kidding, Spags. He's. <laughs> I don't kidding. know. Maybe, maybe Will. He lived in Alabama for a while. That could just be part of the culture. Oh man, Ben Tate. Ben Tate. That was the year people were drafting Ben Tate instead of Arian Foster, right? When Arian Foster busted uh, out. Am I recalling that correctly? I think that, I think was. that does ring a bell, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, all right. We are coming up on the 17-18 turn here. Um, I don't want to. I mean, okay, look, I'll I'll taunt, I'll taunt the moose here. If he wants to take Kendrick Bourne <laughs> as his wide receiver nine, knock yourself out, brother. I dare you. Moose? Moose? I fucking dare you to take Kendrick per Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> Maybe this is your issue, is that you keep antagonizing these people <laughs> until they do the things. It's felt like a long day. So let's take Kendrick Bourne. Who else do you want? Um, we can get Mostert for the bring back. You love your bring backs. I do love a bring back. No, we know. do we we need we need running backs. I'm good with that. Yeah, you know, I am you, pumping the brakes on my Raheem Mostert exposure in BBM3, but in Superflex Puppy, we're wide open, baby. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense to take Sony Michelle in BBM3 at this point, but I, I still will continue to believe that Mostert, former head coach or former offensive coordinator of his, now the head coach, he sees Raheem Mostert, sees a man down on his luck, finds great shirtless photos of him on Google, and he goes, this is the man I want leading my backfield, Raheem Mostert. <laughs> Holy shit. Stochastic Best Ball's official account? Oh yeah, is in I'm, the I'm, comments today. I'm doing that show. That must be uh, but Nick, uh, who does some streams, Nick Lepre over there. But yeah, I'm doing their stream. Uh, I think in a couple of weeks. Just make sure you say and thank you to Mr. Stoke for making this all <laughs> possible. Thanks to Big Stoke for helping me get <laughs> learn the biz as best I could. Alex Big Stoke Baker. <laughs> oh my oh. goodness. Also, am I still doing ship chasing this week? Is that is that a thing we should plug? <laughs> Yeah, so like uninvited. <laughs> this is what happened. So I apparently did you did you do a spike week podcast last week? Yeah, I did best ball bros with Eric Byam for which a fun hour and 15 minute conversation with nary a draft that went on. Yeah, so Spags went on this podcast. I get a message from Karain on either Sunday or Monday, and he was like, Hey, I was listening to uh the spike week, and Spag mentioned that it's kind of a bummer that the only times he gets invited on ship chasing are when there's 20 other dudes. And, uh, you know, it's hard for him to get off his, you know, Josh Reynolds hot takes amid such a competitive, you know, guest environment. And, uh, basically you were complaining to get a, a solo invite on the show. So Ben Gretsch is out of town this week. And I begrudgingly said, we can continue Spags's best ball thought leader masturbatory parade 
with an invite on ship chasing this Wednesday. Just desperate to hit a thousand subscribers on the Splash Play channel. So if you have a stream with more than 10 subscribers, decent chance that I'll do it. Uh, but no, I wasn't complaining about it. It was just more like, it was talking about like buying for like the only times I talked to buying for like, on those big streams. So that was the point. I also like that you're saying like somehow Corrine is sending a thousand word message. <laughs> like Corrine has ever said anything. That's not an NBC sports Edge article of that length. Let me, let me, let me read, let me find the exact message. Spax is being a little okay. bitch. Right? <laughs> this, this, this is all right. This is the, these are the receipts. He goes, let's get Spags on next week. On Spike Week, he mentioned he only gets invited on ship chasing when it's like 20 guys laugh my ass off. It'd be fun to actually have him on as a proper guest. And then I said, LOL. And then I said, I sent him an invite in the only way I know how. And he said, on stream. And I said, no, just as a dick. I wrote, Karain <laughs> said he heard you complaining on Spike Week about only getting blah, blah, blah. Uh, okay. So that's how the sausage gets made. I'll take it. Look, the most influential show in best ball. I'm excited to siphon, a, you know, really go directly after it. And, and the thing, Pete, every time I do a ship chasing show, I get one good takeout that helps carry me through the litany of other bad things I say over the course of that period of time. Well, uh, th th there's going to be a lot of pressure on on Wednesday to uh, to make sure you get one good takeout. And normally, you you do only get one takeout because that's all there's time for. You're going to theoretically have you know 90 minutes uh, of takes. Do you think you're just going to abstain from saying anything except your one big take at the end of the show, or are you just going to spray and pray a bunch of takes? Spray and pray a bunch of takes, and then really like try to remind people of the one that does hit. <laughs> yeah like, remember I mean, that time i was on ship chasing with you guys get graduates out of town and i got that one right and i just and I make it sound like that was all i was talking about for the entire appearance my favorite move in that vein right now that i see people do is when they bump their own tweets from like three months ago like maybe it will be like a trade rumor or something um and then it happens or sometimes it'll be really innocuous like i think stefan diggs is gonna get paid this offseason then he gets the contract and they bump it she told you bro it's like yeah bad really appreciate you showing me those receipts i wasn't gonna give you your kudos but now that i saw that vague tweet <laughs> sent amid hundreds of other tweets of wrong takes now i'm impressed um also I, we've had some i think new people popping into the chat which is general fantasy football questions pete and i always want to go out of my way to answer those even though these people never stay on the channel but buck buck saying top three backs that i have rb1 overall not named jt lombardi lenny mixon barkley thoughts fellas first of all seems a little biased <laughs> having lenny there number one when your username is buck buck <laughs> buck buck <laughs> thinks lombardi lenny <laughs> Should be in the number one overall running back conversation. I never would have seen this coming from old Buck Buck. I think Lombardi Lenny runs a real steep risk of, of fantasy football hate and Rashad White coming through. <laughs> Take a lot of care there if Lenny's hamstring turns to the, the dust it normally does. Uh I will I will say I, I agree with Buck Buck in in that. Uh well, let's just make these picks here. Okay. We're at a three, five, eight, two. Uh probably what? One more running back, one more wide receiver. Yeah, that works. Um Oh, we should get, well, yeah, no, never mind. We didn't take Jacksonville. Uh, it's all gross. I mean, I'll never have an issue he, with Zamir White. I, I like Dearness Johnson just because there's been rumors about a, a trade out for him. Okay. That he, I mean, you he didn't get into the Johnson drum. I'm not going to go against it. Um, And then what wide receiver do you want to take here? Let's see. Do we have anything approaching a correlation? Um, We could say. Oh, so you want a super stack? Mac yeah, Jones? That works. All right, let's do it. This is how we have fun. 3692. 369. Six, nine. Um <laughs> damn damn superflex fine. <laughs> <laughs> I five on that one okay. Um all right, so we got Russell Wilson, Mac Jones, Kenny Pickett, Saquon, CEH, Darrell Henderson, Darrell Williams, Raheem Mostert, Dearness Johnson, Jamar Chase, CeeDee Lamb, Sutton, Mooney, Patrick Parker, Palmer, Bourne, Thornton, and then Schultz and Fryermuth at tight end. All right, so we're making a big bet on, on Mac Jones taking a leap this year, being allowed to throw in multiple games, which it's possible. Um, easy says, why so many wide receivers when you can only start two at wide receiver and then one, uh, tight end at flex because wide receivers are better than running backs. Mm -hmm. I would agree. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. I, I, I actually don't think this balance, uh, is wrong though. Um, by any means. And in general, I just think it's far, I think it's more likely, hmm, maybe not. I was going to try to make the case that maybe the wide receivers were higher probability bets this late in the draft. Um, 
but they all seem like pretty low probability bets to me. And we I still guess feel, uh, yeah. you got yeah, a lot of oh, correlation no, go with our wide receivers too. So I feel like that's yeah. part of it to me. But back to the buck buck thing. Um, I do really think that as the off season goes on, that Leonard Fournette is going to move up and up uh, rankings, especially when all the kind of season long providers start. Like when you do season long projections and you're going to go and do the projection for the Bucks backfield and Fournette's going to just profile for a monster yeah. workload. And that doesn't mean I think he should be going there, but I just think that people are going to start ranking him. Like you can make a case, and obviously this is a super flex draft board, but I think you can make a case he should be in there in the Eckler, Harris, Derrick Henry range. And I would not be surprised to see him as a one-two turn pick come August whatsoever. I mean, I just remember when I was doing my projections last year, just, you know, to kind of have something to look at as a, f- a frame of reference, what I was, you know, perceiving as important every week that Lenny would keep popping up because he had such a big share of the rushing yards and the passing yards. And then you take Ronald Jones out and you put in Rashad White. And, and you know, if you're not projecting him for a lot, then, yeah, I, I get it. I just, uh, I don't know. The Bucks worry me overall. Like, they're the one team, and I know I've, I've gotten beaten up a little bit on social media by Bucks fans. Like, all it takes is Tom Brady getting hit a few too many times, and that entire season goes to shit. Yeah. And again, I, I think there's there's reasons why I think his ADP is probably more efficient right now and with, with sharper people drafting. And I also get why why that could change. I, I took him on a best ball breakfast uh, this morning. And it was one of those things, too, where it's like, if I'm going to pack any Leonard Fournette bags, like if I'm not drafting him now at the 2-3 turn, I'm certainly not drafting him at the 1-2 turn. So uh, might as well get my shares now. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, so there's another Superflex draft over on Underdog. Use a promo code SPLASH if you want to double your deposit up to $100 on there. Uh, follow at Peter Rovers at follow at Chris Spags and follow at Splash Play Pods. So you can see whenever we're going live with a new episode. Of course, Pete and I do the streams Monday, Thursday, 2.30. My solo streams are only on the Splash Play channel, so make sure you subscribe over there to get those on Friday afternoons. And then, Pete, what are the plugs for you coming up here? What's what's the fun and whimsy on the Deposit Kingdom and everywhere else for you? Yeah, we booked just a massive massive guest for ship chasing on wednesday i mean i hate to spoil it right now but this is one of the biggest fish my buddy pat Corain just threw out the line and we reeled this guy in i can't say who it is but you guys are going to want to tune in wednesday for ship chasing chris probably somebody who's just carpet bagging their way through an industry <laughs> after being in dfs but no i'm excited to do that one i'll be on ship chasing this week with pete and corain so tune into that one and of course subscribe to pete's channel see all the fun he's got going on at any given time we'll see you guys on thursday or on ship chasing enjoy your weeks bye